Hi, this is Andrea Harkins. Welcome to the Martial Arts Women Podcast. This podcast is devoted to martial art women who make a difference. Sabrina Bleem, today's interviewee, also known as the Karate Shrimp, highlights how martial arts changed her life, improved her mindset, and provided unexpected opportunities and allowed her to heal through difficult personal situations. This exuberant YouTuber and blogger shares very vulnerable moments as a woman who was harassed by one of her martial arts students. She tearfully shares the implications of the situation that occurred around the same time as a divorce and her mother's illness and subsequent passing. So she had some difficult times where she really had to use her martial art mindset. Her insights on why women must learn martial arts are compelling, and she provides encouragement to those interested in taking their first step into the dojo. She's a prime example of how martial arts are as much for healing as they are for fighting. I hope you enjoy this podcast interview of martial art woman, Sabrina Bleem. Don't forget to check out my inspirational and how-to books, The Martial Arts Woman, Martial Art Inspirations for Everyone, and How to Start Your Own Martial Art Program, all available on Amazon. I hope these books inspire and encourage you to be the person that you want to be. Hi, Sabrina. Welcome to the Martial Arts Woman podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast. I think you're doing amazing work and I feel so honored to be here. I'm really excited. Thank you. Thank you. And um, as we discussed offline, um, Ando Mirzwa sort of linked us up. So um, he's a great guy and I always like to give him a shout out when I can. Absolutely. I, yeah, and I'm so impressed with him that he, you know, he thought of me and thought to, to, to suggest me to you. So thank yeah. you and for that. You're awesome. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, okay, well, we're going to jump in to this podcast and talk a little bit about your martial arts and lots of other things as well. And okay. so question number one, um, when did you begin martial arts and what is your current rank? Okay, I started martial arts five years ago. I was 41 and I started training in three martial arts. So I have my first degree black belt in Meibukan Gojuru Karate. I have my brown belt in Ruku Kobudo Teshinkan, that's weaponry. And I have my blue belt in Geksairu Bujitsu, which is a form of Japanese jujitsu. I actually started just the karate and two months in, I did my first tournament. And I loved it so much that I then, a few months later, I joined the tournament team and started the other two martial arts. Oh, that's awesome. That's a lot to accomplish in five years. It it is. I was just, I found my thing and I went all in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You mentioned that you love competing. What, What is it that you love about it? Because some people love it and some people hate it. Yes, I love that uh, I was never comfortable performing. I was always shy as a kid. And I was amazed that I found something that I actually felt 
confident doing my first tournament. I was terrified, but I went out there and it was so exhilarating to put myself out there and challenge myself like that. And I also love the connections that you make with people when you're, when you're competing against someone and you create this incredible bond with someone and, and you develop such a deep respect for someone and sparring is my favorite thing in the world. And I love getting in there with someone that, you know, I don't know. And Maybe before the match, we're both feeling really competitive and eyeballing each other. But then you get in there and you come out of it, you know, bruised and battered and sweating and exhausted. But you have such a respect for the other person. And I've, you know, created such amazing connections with these people where after we can hug each other and say, wow, that was an awesome match. You were really fun to spar with. And, and so it's great to be able to create those bonds with people. Yeah, that's really great. You learn so much from it and the connections really are important. I forget to mention, I forget to ask this at the beginning, but where do you live? I live in Chilliwack, British Columbia in Canada. Okay. But Chilliwack, it's, it's a smallish city. It's about an hour outside of Vancouver. Okay. So we talked a little bit about your martial art journey so far. Why did you begin your martial art journey? And, and maybe even more specifically, why begin at age 41? What was it that was happening in your life that prompted you to even look at martial art training? I actually started martial arts out of desperation. A year before, my mom had been diagnosed with cancer with multiple myeloma. And it was actually really hard because I, I had lost my dad as a kid. And my biggest fear as a kid was my was losing my mom too. And then when she got diagnosed, it just hit me so hard and I couldn't handle it. And I was cycling through all those stages of grief, the anger, the anxiety, uh, depression and numbness. And I didn't know what to do. And I started to become increasingly aware of my unhappiness in my marriage and everything felt really off in my life. And at the same time, my kids were going through a hard time. My youngest was struggling with shyness and my oldest was being bullied in school. And I randomly came across the, I think it was the Facebook page of the dojo. And there was a friend of mine now, he had made a video um, about a tournament they had at the dojo. And I got such a good vibe about the place and this family atmosphere. And I thought this could be an awesome solution for all three of us, an awesome outlet, you know, for my kid with her shyness and my mm -hmm. old bullying, right? And, and for me with the grief, and it absolutely was. And, you know, karate became like the thing that got me through it. And I was able to take all of those tough feels and channel it and fuel it into my training and turn it into something positive that gave me strength. Okay, that's really awesome. Um, I know that martial arts helps many people overcome situations, personal situations. It kind of removes you from all of the difficulty for a period of time, lets you kind of reset. Absolutely. And like that, that hard stuff is still there, but you can kind of set it aside for the time being and just focus on the training. Yeah. You mentioned in your notes that you found you again, meaning yes. maybe that it brought you back into some kind of balance or ability to cope. Yes, yes. And I, I, it reminded me of who I was like as a kid before anything bad ever happened. And back when I was lighthearted, and I could laugh all the time, and it, it brought that out of me again. And I also found with martial arts, it's two different things. It's, it toughens you up, you know, but it also reminds you of how tough you actually are and can be. And it does it in this interesting way where you're strong, but you're also vulnerable. Like, 
you know, martial arts, they're, they're fighting arts, right? It's contact sports and you have to be able to take a hit and you are vulnerable and you need to embrace that. Otherwise you're going to get injured. So I love that where I could be vulnerable and I could feel strong at the same time and totally transform me. Yes. Right. One of the things that you put in your notes also was that you're far stronger than you think. And that's something everyone learns in martial arts. And yes. it's an amazing benefit that we don't talk about a lot. You know, we talk about all the skills and techniques and things, but we forget to mention sometimes that mentally and physically you become this different person, much stronger, much more capable than you ever thought that you were. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, you can, you can handle it in martial arts and then you realize you can handle all of those other things. So it's kind of a, a symbol, right? Of the struggle. Yeah. Yeah, direct correlation to life is what I always say. Absolutely. Now, you began teaching martial arts in about 2019, and typically these are positive experiences. I've been a martial arts instructor for like 20-something years, and it's been a very rewarding experience for me with with the students. But unfortunately, you encountered a difficult situation um, along with the positive experiences, like you probably really enjoyed the teaching, but something difficult occurred that really interrupted the flow and the feel of your teaching. What happened? Yes. Um, yeah, with the teaching, I absolutely love teaching. And I'm, I kind of joke around that I'm, I'm like a 12-year-old, <laughs> really trapped in a 46-year-old's body. But I love, I get really goofy when I'm teaching and I love those connections with the kids. And it, I absolutely loved it. Um, But then I had this really bizarre thing that started happening last year and it was a really tough time. My mom was dying and uh, one of the students at the dojo around the same time, it actually started, um, uh, anyway, he started harassing me. He became obsessive about me and it spiraled out and I ended up having a falling out with my sensei over it. Okay. So what kind of well, what was his behavior, this harasser? What was, what was it that he was doing? Was he trying to, you know, date you or was he, you know, abusive or what happened there? Well, the the only physical thing that he did, how it started is it was actually last summer we were sparring at the dojo and he hurt me and he'd always been really respectful of people's boundaries, but he, he was really aggressive and he punched me really hard in the face. And then he took me down on my bad shoulder. I have a, like an injury from a, a tournament a few years back that he knew about and he he kept going and he wanted to like hurt me. I could see it in his eyes. And I had to take some time off after that a few days. And I I addressed it with him a few days later. And next time I saw him, I was like, what was that about? And it turned out he was, he had feelings for me. And he was mm-hmm. feeling of another student at the dojo who was married, very happily married, who I was not with. And it was this bizarre circumstance. And he started having delusions about me and about this other man and uh, bizarre things like thinking that I had been pregnant a few times and we were getting married. And he started contacting me on all of my social media accounts and contacting all of our shared contacts and reaching out to everyone about me, contacting all the different senseis at belt tests about me. And it, it became very, very stressful. And I started a police file um, and he was also lurking on my teenager's social media accounts Mm-hmm. And there was one uh, cl- uh, night in particular, I was running the dojo, my sensei was away, 
And this student was staring at me all night and had been sending me all these bizarre texts about how upset he was that I didn't want to be with him. And he was staring at me and I had to lock up after him. It was me and my kids and him and he wouldn't leave. And I just, I just felt so uncomfortable and, and creeped out by the whole thing. I didn't want to be, I didn't feel safe around him or have him around my children. Yeah, that is really tough. Um, and I never experienced that in the dojo, but on social media, this kind of stuff happens a lot. Yes. It's easier though, because you can typically just block someone, but when it's person to person, you cannot just block that person. You know what I mean? It's, it's in your face and it's there and it's a very difficult situation. Absolutely. What did your, yeah, how did your sensei handle the situation? Um, the student was kicked out after, like, I didn't push anything. I, you know, told him the situation. He spoke to the student, came back to me and said, yeah, he's clearly delusional. We'll keep an eye on him. And I was feeling increasingly uncomfortable. And I, I spoke to my sensei and said, you know, I have no idea how to navigate this, but I don't feel safe. And I'm, I don't want him around my kids. And I just, mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was a scary situation. Yeah. Um, I understand. I'm sorry uh, to upset you, but it, it's so no, it's important okay. to share this. Yeah, it's, it's so very important. Because especially being a woman in martial arts, um, you know, women do deal with this stuff and we need to speak up about it so that we stop it. Right. And, and we yeah. can't. I, we need to speak up. Otherwise, nothing will get done. So my sensei did um, kick him out, but there was some other stuff happening at the time, too. And things kind of blew up over the next month and the, um, the dynamic between me and my sensei became very strained and we ended up having falling out over it. So I actually ended up, it broke my heart to do it, but I, I quit, I quit the job. I, uh, I, <laughs> sorry. It's okay. Take your time. Take your time. It's when we talk about these things, they are very emotional and you know, you're sharing it will help people understand, you know, the vulnerability that we have as women in martial arts. Absolutely. And it, it's funny because in my YouTube videos, I, I've cried on camera so many times. So <laughs> I think it's really important to share that vulnerability, yeah. right? Yeah. And authentic that, you know, we're not always okay. We don't always feel okay, you know? And, and so, yeah, it's, it was a really heartbreaking situation because, I love the job. I loved, you know, the training. I love my tournament team. I loved all the kids. And but it just it it happened, you know, it, it went the way it did. And I I I had to um I didn't feel safe and I didn't feel supported. Mm -hmm. I did have to go. Yeah. Well, Sabrina, the the lesson here really is twofold. It's you know, women are vulnerable, but safety is first. Safety is key. And the minute you feel uncomfortable or unsafe is the minute you stop doing whatever you're doing or being wherever you are and changing direction. Absolutely. Um, so it happens to women in different scenarios. It might be in a relationship, it might be in the dojo, it could be at work. Uh, we face these things frequently. And sometimes I think as martial art women, we feel like guilty that we can't handle it because we're martial artists, but Absolutely. really the handling of it is 
what we really are trained to do in martial arts is to be aware and to be, you know, flexible in how we approach our defenses. And this, this truly is your defense mechanism is yes. to change direction and move in a, you know, just away from the situation. It's um, the best thing you could do. And it was like, it was a very heartbreaking choice, but it was, I had to, yes. I had to go. And, and I'm, and you know, I'm, I don't want to badmouth anyone because I'm mm -hmm. so for all the experiences I had there and I'm grateful to my sensei for everything he taught me so um right. I've really gone differently but you know it was it was it, that's how it went and 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 uh yeah I, I do wish them all well the, the dojo and all this mm -hmm. yep. so where do you currently train what are you doing for your martial art training these days hey, uh, I'm mostly training at home for a while I did start training in jujitsu again at another dojo and then my schedule changed and I haven't been able to get out there. It was so great to get back on the mats with people mm -hmm. again, right? Um, yeah. But it's just, you know, with kids and I'm, I'm navigating the end of my divorce and managing my mom's estate and my life is crazy. So for now, it's just, you know, the most realistic is just training at home and waiting till the dust settles. And then I will look into my options after that and get back to uh, training at a dojo again and competing again, which I miss so much. Yeah. Well, that's a perfectly good choice. Uh, training at home has its benefits. Absolutely. Uh, it's very convenient. <laughs> that's for sure. It's absolutely right. You know, you yeah. put your uniform on and it transforms you, right? And it, yeah. just, it, it just shifts you into that mindset and it's, it's so therapeutic. It is. It truly is. What is, um, a project you're working on now it's martial art related but i really love this idea um tell our listeners a little bit about that um well i have my karate shrimp online venture which i'll get into but i also have this plan what i really want to do is uh, like i'm doing all my filming in my house which sucks honestly but yeah what i love to do is build a backyard dojo and start a small club like just very small you know do small classes do one-on-one -on -one training and use it for my own training for filming for my YouTube videos for filming online courses for possibly teaching karate online. Um, and like right now I have a big backyard and I have a, a bamboo hedge this really long hedge. And I can just picture it this dojo and maybe some you know sliding barn doors that open out into a Japanese garden. My mom always loved Japanese gardens so I'd love to to create a garden in her honor and have that space for training and 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 you know, to have friends over to train and and just have that sanctuary again. That sounds beautiful. It really does. So you mentioned the karate shrimp, and so I have to ask, how did you choose this name? What is the significance of the karate shrimp? Okay, it's actually kind of funny. My my sensei, my former sensei, actually gave me the nickname shrimp, and it, it was a bit of a jab. I'm five foot two, and he's six four. <laughs> but uh, okay, you know, I don't have a problem with my height, but. Uh, I didn't really care for the nickname at first, actually, because not because I had a problem with the way he was using it or my height or anything. But as a kid, I was bullied for my size and shrimp okay. and names I was given. So I thought, how can I how can I shift this? So like change it so that I feel good about the name. And when I was struggling to come up with a name for my blog, I thought, why don't I just take that name and own it? You know, just make it mine and I can be the karate shrimp. And I and I really love the name now. And he actually, it's funny, my sensei gave me a stuffed 
um, shrimp, like a plushy mm-hmm. shrimp, a peacock shrimp, because they're really aggressive and I'm an aggressive fighter. <laughs> still have that shrimp and, you know, I'll, I'll get some merch made one day with shrimp yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, shrimp onesie for my videos. But anyway, so I really like the name now. It's a great way to change a negative into a positive. Exactly. Yes. So you mentioned a blog. I think you mentioned your blog and your YouTube channel. Um, Tell me a little bit about those and your mission in doing these. Yes. So in 2020, uh, I had just, you know, gone through the initial stages of my separation and my marriage. And I was, you know, I was teaching in the dojo, but I thought I need something else. Right. And, And I'd always wanted to be a writer. And so I started off, I, I started the blog and I started the YouTube channel. I had made a few sort of dorky hunting videos on my phone, you know, over the last few years. And I really enjoyed doing that. But I initially started the YouTube channel to drive traffic to my blog. I wanted the blog to be the main thing. And I quickly fell in love with YouTube. And mm-hmm. so I started the two and I, I love making videos. And, and so I have my website it's the karate shrimp.com and then my youtube channel is the karate shrimp and so my mission with all of this is i want to help martial artists improve their health and wellness and and uh, maximize their performance in their sport and i have well actually when i was on the tournament team we had this awesome counselor who would come in and do performance coaching with us and she would talk about all the different things around our training that can affect our training and, and improve our performance on the mat. And I already had a background in nutrition. I have a degree in dietetics and I got certification as a sport and exercise nutrition coach. And I thought this is such an awesome thing. I could take all of these things and I could get education in a variety of areas and bring it all together and take a more like kind of holistic uh, buzzword, I know, but holistic approach to our training because it's all the different things that affect us on the mat, like our nutrition, our sleep, stress management, our recovery, you know, our mindset, the mental game is huge. So that's all the things that I talk about uh, mm-hmm. in, in my blog and in my YouTube. And I think that you have a bunch of other credentials and certifications maybe that really support what you do. Um, tell yes. me a little bit about some of those other um, certifications that you have. Right. So I have the Bachelor of Science in Dietetics and then I have <laughs> Uh, the obligatory BA in English because everyone has a degree in English, right? <laughs> well, I'll just I'll just tell you I have a um, a bachelor's degree in literature. So excellent, yeah, excellent. <laughs> so, yes, and and so that's you know the writing comes in there, and then yeah. I have the coaching certification in uh, sports and exercise nutrition. That's through Precision Nutrition, which is an awesome company. And then over the winter, I've been taking several courses through NASM, the National Academy of Sports Medicine. So I got my personal trainer certification, corrective exercise specialization. So that's in mobility work and stretching and flexibility coaching. And then right now, I actually won a free course through my nutrition coaching company, and it's in uh, sleep, stress management, and recovery, coaching in those three things. So I'm really excited to start that course and uh, bring that content in for my followers. Yeah, this opens up so many doors for you, I think. Uh, yes. Outside of martial arts and within martial arts. So that's super that you've received all of these different credentials because it just makes you more, you know, well-rounded, I guess. When people listen to you, they're going to they're going to hear your holistic approach to health, wellness, and martial arts. Um, and also, like, I, I want to provide information that's based on research and evidence. You know, there's so much yes. 
on the internet and and you know you go into martial arts forums and and you know martial artists typically will go into these forums saying okay what do i do about this all these other things that are not specific to martial arts and they're wanting help with all those things so i thought you know here's an opening right i can talk about all those things in an informed way and and if i don't know it i can research it i know how to do that and find the right information for people so you know they don't injure themselves they don't eat some crazy diet mm -hmm. yeah I think that's very important. A lot of these groups, people speak from their martial art background and experience on topics that they're really not, don't really have expertise in. Absolutely. And it helps to have that knowledgeable voice there. Yes. You also teach some courses online. So where, yeah. what courses do you teach online and where do you teach these? Okay, I have, well, I, I'm using Teachable right now, and I actually recently put my courses on Udemy as well, but I had a couple of courses stolen, so I'm not sure if I'm going to continue with Udemy or if I'll just, you know, keep what's up there and not add anymore, but mm -hmm. Teachable, and then you can access it through my website, and I have uh, a course in healthy eating, so it's 10 steps to help you improve your eating habits and your diet. So I have the healthy eating course, and then I have six other courses in helping you improve your flexibility and mobility throughout your kinetic chain. So it's your feet and ankles, knees, lumbopelvic hip complex, shoulders and thoracic spine, wrists and elbows, and cervical spine. So, and I'm planning a whole bunch of other courses. I'm really excited about making courses and I'm, I'll be doing a goal setting course. And I, with my certification, I'll be starting, I want to get into the sleep and stress management and more recovery work. I'm also considering for this year, adding one-on-one -on -one coaching and or group coaching in all of these areas. And I'm considering teaching karate online and how that would look. I just have to figure out some details of that. It sounds really perfect for you, just from your personality. I can tell that you really enjoy this. And when you love doing what you do, then it really shows and it's a perfect fit for you. Absolutely. I, I do love it. And I'm totally committed when I started karate. Um, the first thing I thought was, you know, I have no idea where this, where this path is going to lead, but I have to be on it. I have to do this. So, um, and, and here we go, it's branching out and I, I can bring in all of my different interests and skill sets and put it together in a way that, that can help people. Yeah, same happened for me. I began martial arts in 1989. I had no idea that, yeah, I knew I'd be a black belt one day, um, but I had no idea that it would lead to blogging and podcasting and writing for magazines and writing books and I just never knew that and I am a writer at heart so it kind of all fell into place but that's the thing about martial arts I try to explain that to people too is when you begin your martial art journey you don't know that day where it's going to lead and it could lead to something truly expansive and fantastic in your life that you don't expect so that's another really cool thing that happens when you train in martial arts that is absolutely it opens up doors you never thought existed absolutely. it does yeah Wonderful. so tell me about your family life right now i know you said you had you have two kids yeah so i'm a single full-time parent i um over the last year and a quarter i've had my kids full-time there's drama there i'm i won't get into that but mm -hmm. we're working all that but so two kids my youngest savannah is 10 my oldest uh, mir is 16 mirrors non-binary and uh, we're LGBTQ friendly family. We have two cats also, applesauce and beans. They have a YouTube channel, which no one should watch because it's 
bad videos. But anyway, it's, yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, they sometimes um, uh, make an appearance in my videos. So, so yeah, oh, okay. we're like a crazy little family here. So let's shift gears a little bit and focus on some of the bigger questions that I typically ask um, about martial arts and women. Why do you think it's important for women to learn a martial art? I know that's a big question. There's so many answers. But do you have a, a thought on why you particularly think it's important for women to learn a martial art? I think it's a few things. I think there's the self-defense aspect. Uh, you know, as women, unfortunately, we all are potentially vulnerable. And to be able to have the skills is so important. And I find in particular my jujitsu training makes me feel a lot more confident with being able to handle an attacker. But the karate, for sure, it's the strength and the stamina. And being able to hold my own in a match against a man feels really empowering. Uh, so it's that. It's the empowerment. It's mm -hmm. the confidence. It's confidence, right? It's it's also challenging this idea that we're the weaker sex and, you know, to be able to, to, yeah, you know, hold your own against a man and to show other women that you can do that and to show men that you can do that. It's really great for everyone. It's yeah. also, I think it's also a really great outlet for aggression. And there's this, this idea also out there that men are aggressive and women aren't. And some women actually really are aggressive and I'm aggressive. I'm an aggressive fighter. I'm a clash fighter, which isn't so great when you want to keep your teeth, but it's, yeah. you know, karate is a great outlet for that, where it's a safe way to let that out and channel all of that into something positive. So I think it's really important that uh, for women to be part of martial arts and to see what they're capable of and to show people what they're capable of. And the last question, and I don't have it on my sheet, but what advice would you give to a woman who is interested in learning a martial art? There's a lot of women. I don't think I would have learned a martial art if my husband didn't want to learn and kind of pushed me into it. Um, but there are a lot of women out there who are like, I'd really like to do that. But they have sort of this fear or this worry about trying it. Um, yes. Do you have any advice for them? I think just, you know, embrace the fear. And it's, it's when you're trying something new, it, it's going to be scary and it doesn't matter if it's martial arts or, or, you know, running or, or giving public speeches or whatever it is. It's something new. It's out of your comfort zone, but we don't grow if we don't push ourselves out of our comfort zone, right? That's where the learning happens. That's where the, the amazing stuff happens. When you push yourself and try something new and difficult, you, you develop new skills and you grow as a person and you develop such an amazing confidence in yourself that you faced your fear and you did something, even though you felt afraid, it didn't get rid of the fear. The fear might still be there, but you're doing something new and difficult. And that is awesome. I think there are so many women who just struggle with the fact that they think when they walk in the dojo, they're supposed to already know everything. Or you know, right. some of the fears are just, I won't be able to do it. Or I won't understand what they're talking about. And I guess in some ways, you don't always understand what they're talking about in the first class. But the fact that you don't think you can do it, that quickly changes. And that's the most amazing thing. That's where the confidence is built when you suddenly recognize. I remember when I was like a yellow belt and all I was doing was standing in attention in the class. And there were a lot of people in class, different belt levels, just standing in attention. And my sensei called me out and he said, look at Andrea, look at her 
focus. And I'm thinking to myself, is he talking about me or some other Andrea in the class, you know? Uh Um, And then it was kind of that moment. And also when I broke my first board, those two moments really defined the fact that I realized I was more capable of what I ever thought. And that that's why I'm a podcaster and a blogger and an author, because I pushed through the barriers and the fears that I had about doing those things because of those moments. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's it's pretty, pretty beautiful experience when you look at absolutely look at and it in the bigger picture. I found being a white belt, I found it really liberating. You know, as an adult, we feel like we have to know everything all the time. Yes. And so I found going in there, I was like, you know, one of the oldest people at the dojo when I started. And, you know, almost everyone in the class was a black belt at the time or a junior black belt. I knew nothing. Um, I was at the bottom. I, you know, you could clearly see that in the hierarchy. And it was so liberating to just say, okay, I'm a beginner. I'm going to make mistakes. Everyone expects it. It's totally okay. I don't know anything and it's okay. And so I found that really freeing to, to have that kind of white belt mindset. And, and I grew a lot because of it. I still love being a white belt. Um, I walk into like new situations or new martial art trainings and they're like, well, you're already a black belt or second degree or whatever it is. And no, you just come in as a black belt and we'll just train, you know, we'll train you up in the style so that you're, you know, you're a black belt. But I'm like, I really don't want to do that. I just want to be a white belt again. I just want to start from the beginning and have nobody here know I'm a black belt in anything. I just want to, you know, start off fresh. And it's still a good feeling to be a, a white belt. But the white belt mindset is is the beginner mindset, but it's that, I don't know, you're full of anticipation and excitement. And I love that feeling. It's still like the romance of it, right? It's, it's yeah. the, 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 the beginning moon phase. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, Sabrina, I really enjoy talking to you and learning more about your journey as a martial art woman. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add today? Um, just, I think you're doing fantastic work. And I think it's so important to to give women a voice, uh, you know, in martial arts and, and online and and to to show people that, you know, we can do it and, and we can all get out there and, and do something difficult and and um, we can all grow together and, and become stronger together because of it. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, thank you again for being on the show. 